75 years ago this week, the United States dropped atomic bombs on Japan, leading to Japan's surrender. The enemies of America are spewing their historical revisionism theory. A Trump MAGA bear spotted in North Carolina and animal rights groups melt down. Children triggered by being outdoors in nature. Ooh, scary. And is the world losing its taste for meat? No chance. Bold Alpha is presented by the New World Oscuro from A.J. Fernandez. Draped in a bold, dark Nicaraguan wrapper and jam-packed with ultra-flavorful Nicaraguan fillers, the box-pressed New World Oscuro delivers medium to full-bodied, elegant taste. AJFCigars.com By Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Nicaraguan series, 100% pure Nicaraguan tobaccos, 100% full-bodied flavor, GurkhaCigars.com, and by the new Camacho Nicaragua, forged in fire with full frontal flavor, Camacho, live loud, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Welcome to Bold Alpha. I'm Alpha Dave, the general, your alpha male-in-chief, front and center from Command Center Alpha, and we've got a story about outdoors and nature, and that's exactly where I have moved Bold Alpha broadcast maneuvers to, as I am in a classified location somewhere in the United States. Outdoors, you'll hear cars in the background, you'll hear the birds chirping, you'll hear my German Shepherd canine, security detail, Pendragon's Royal Baron, possibly barking in the background. And we welcome you to Bold Alpha. 75 years ago, this week, Thursday, this past Thursday, and tomorrow, as we conduct this podcast on Saturday, August 8th, 2020, the 75th anniversary of the United States dropping the atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. At the time, the United States would have been facing mass casualties with a land invasion of Japan. No ifs, no ands, no buts. U.S. intelligence estimated that there would be 350,000 troops greeting a land invasion of American or Allied troops. But after the Japanese surrendered, the U.S. military discovered that the figure would have been more along the lines of 1.3 or 1.4 million Japanese troops. And whereas we had a 3-to-1 ratio when the Allied troops were invading and storming the beaches of Normandy, the European continent, it would have been the opposite in Japan. It would have been three to one for the Japanese. So President Truman did what he needed to do, made a very difficult decision, and dropped the two bombs. Now, the overall number of Japanese deaths, casualties attributed to the two bombs, are estimated between 129,000 and 226,000. However, a July 1945 U.S. government report estimated that the United States invading the Japanese home islands would have cost 5 to 10 million Japanese lives. President Truman had nads of steel. He absolutely did the right thing. And the Japanese were also preparing to launch more than 10,000 planes on kamikaze attacks on U.S. landing ships in the event there would be an American land invasion of Japan. 
So the overall casualty rate, not only for the American troops, would have been extremely high, but so too with the casualties on the Japanese end. President Truman had the two bombs at his disposal. The emperor would not surrender, and therefore President Truman ordered that the atomic bombs be dropped. And as they say, the rest is history. Well, here we are 75 years ago, and leave it to the enemy of America revisionist historians, now saying that U.S. leaders knew we didn't have to drop atomic bombs in Japan to win the war, but we did it anyway. As if President Truman just said, what the hell? Let's just drop a couple of those bombs and let's see how many people we could whack. If Japan would have surrendered, if Japan would not have been a hostile enemy invading nation to the United States, do you think President uh, Truman at the time would have just said, what the hell, let's just drop those bombs? We all know the answer is no. History, without any question, was changed on those two days in August 1945. But now we have historical revisionists such as Marvin J. Sherwin in a, and, Gar, and uh, Gar Alperovitz, who in a Los Angeles Times op-ed piece stating that the U.S., many of the high command, military command, were against dropping the bomb. They didn't have to do it. That the, the Japanese em, uh, emperor would have, would have surrendered. The only sticking point was the Japanese emperor wanted to still maintain his rule over Japan. And the United States and President Truman said, not happening. Not happening in any way, shape, or form. And there are now words, there are now uh, apparently supposedly restor- uh, historians saying that Admiral William Leahy, who was Truman's chief of staff, wrote it, who did write in his memoir, the use of this bar- uh, barbarous weapon at Hiroshima and Nagasaki was of no material assistance in our war against Japan. The Japanese were already defeated and ready to surrender. And being the first to use it, we had adopted an ethical standard common to the barbarians of the Dark Ages. Really? If the Japanese were so ready to surrender, why didn't they just surrender? And for Leahy, and this reminds me of what we see today. We see many of these historical revisionists that want to change everything about history, everything about how we have fought wars or why we had to fight wars. And even today, when President Trump wants to remove troops after being in Afghanistan and Iraq for almost 20 years, now all of a sudden, the military says, oh, no, no, we can't leave so quickly. No, no, that would be devastating. Why? Because the military-industrial complex wants to keep the cash machine printing. President Trump wants out, but yet, and so did the Democrats, by the way, until President Trump won the presidency, and at which time the Democrats changed their tune. How politically convenient. But there is absolutely no question that President Truman had to drop the bomb. Both bombs. We gave the Japanese after dropping the first bomb in Hiroshima. We said, okay, now surrender. Nope, we're not surrendering. Okay, here comes round two. Frankly, if Truman had 20 more of those rounds, he should have dropped them all. But clearly the Japanese emperor came to his senses and unconditionally surrendered to the United States of America and to MacArthur, General MacArthur. Now, MacArthur 
said later that using the atomic bombs was inexcusable. Well, you have to remember that MacArthur got fired by President Truman. And President Truman, after he fired MacArthur, became unbelievably unpopular. Incredibly unpopular. His popularity ratings tanked. But now President Truman is regarded as one of the best presidents in American history. A man from Missouri. The buck stops here. Give him hell, Harry. Not an overly, when you think about political leaders, he was relatively diminutive in stature, but he was a very well-dressed president as he had a haberdashery background. Always looked good, the double-breasted suits, the hats. But President Truman had nads of steel. When it counted, he made the tough decision. A decision that will live for the ages. Now, MacArthur wrote to former President Herbert Hoover that if Truman had just followed Hoover's wise and statesmanlike advice to modify its surrender terms and tell the Japanese they could keep their emperor, the Japanese would have accepted it, and gladly, I have no doubt. Bullshit. There is a reason, a smart reason, President Truman wanted the emperor out. Imperial Japan was going to be decimated. The end of Imperial Japan, now they still have an emperor that has absolutely no power whatsoever. And by the way, I should remind all of the historical revisionists that when there was a great famine in Japan after the surrender, it was the United States that came to their aid with massive amounts of food and provisions. The United States of America, once again, we defeat an enemy and then we come back to assist them and help them rebuild. So to the historical revisionists, they can go screw themselves. God bless America, and God bless Harry Truman. Hang on one second. Barron, get back here. He started to wander away. As you can see, as you can hear, can you hear Barron in the background? You probably can. Barron, come. Be a good boy. All right. Now, before I get to our next item, talking about a bear that has been spotted in North Carolina. Let me tell you about a wonderful cigar. For those of you that are new to cigars, that want to get into cigars, maybe you have an experienced palate. You want a palate that is that really prefers a rich, spicy, bold cigar. I've got the perfect cigar for you. It is the New World Oscuro by A.J. Fernandez. Here comes Baron. Baron, come. Come on, Baron. Be a good boy. That's up, ah, Baron. Come on. Come on. Good boy. Back to the A.J. Fernandez New World Oscuro. Draped in a bold, dark Nicaraguan wrapper, it is jam-packed with ultra-flavorful Nicaraguan fillers. It's box-pressed, medium to full-body taste, got some zesty spice, a little bit of compelling sweetness, marvelous construction. A.J. Fernandez, one of the great cigar blenders and one of the great cigar tobacco growers in Nicaragua, created the New World Oscuro as a tribute to Christopher Columbus, who founded the New World. And brought the discovery of tobaccos to the rest of the world. 100% Nicaraguan puro, meaning it's Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, filler. If you want a full-flavored cigar, the A.J. Fernandez New World Oscuro. If you want something a little tamer, the New World Connecticut, with a Connecticut Ecuadorian wrapper is very pleasant, or the New World Cameroon, a nice medium-bodied cigar with hints of sweetness, a little bit of spice, fantastic cigar. You cannot go wrong, and it happens to be the August... 2020 Cigar Dave Officers Club selection. And if you're not a member of the Officers Club, you want to get into cigars, you are a cigar enthusiast, a cigar connoisseur, and you would absolutely like to 
enhance your palate. Become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars shipped directly to you. You absolutely cannot go wrong. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join today. All right, let's continue with alpha male lifestyle conversational maneuvers and commentary. A Trump MAGA bear spotted in North Carolina. The animal rights groups absolutely melt down. So what's the story? How did they find a Trump MAGA bear? Well, Help Asheville Bears, an organization in North Carolina, has put out a $5,000 reward to find the person or people responsible for putting, wait for it, a Trump 2020 sticker on the tracking collar of a North Carolina black bear. And I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It's beautiful. It's got this GPS tracking collar that goes around the neck of the bear. And it says Trump 2020, a little circular sticker. Now, the bear's not being harmed. I think actually it just shows the bear has incredible taste. Even bears want President Trump to win re-election. Proving bears are smarter than liberals, Democrats, and enemies of America. But, of course, the woman that found uh, the, the bear and took the picture, an Asheville resident named Sheila Chapman, photographed the bear, said that she saw the bear relaxing on her front porch last week. She previously came across a bear last year that had a collar and discovered they were being tagged as part of a study by the North Carolina Urban Suburban Bear Study. And she said, these bears are already suffering enough with the heavy collars and metal ear mutilations, but to put a political sticker on the collar, no words. Wait a minute, let me bring out Thespian Dave. Oh my, no words can describe my anger and my sadness. Oh no. Now really, do you think the bear even knew that he had a Trump 2020 sticker on his collar? It adds no weight to it. It's not like they're putting a five-pound lead brick around the collar of the bear. That is not the case. They're putting a little sticker. And whoever did it, I give them credit. But the Help Asheville Bears said, whoever put these political stickers on these bears is cruel and heartless. Oh, contraire. Whoever put that sticker on the bear is smart, loves America, is an American patriot and wants President Trump to win re-election. There's nothing I see wrong with that in any way, shape, or form. They go on to continue that the HAB and our followers hope to stop and expose you. This is now the second bear this has happened to, which can only mean either someone in the study is doing this, or it is someone in the public. Either way, a full investigation needs to be done. Let's call Robert Mueller. Let's get an immediate report. Let's get plenty of prosecutors. Let's, let's spend $40 million dollars on a massive investigation to find out who put the Trump 2020 sticker on this North Carolina black bear. Ooh. Now, do you think, again, the bear even gives a damn? No. Actually, the bear probably says, hey, I kind of like the color around the uh, collar. It, It looks good. But please, give me a break. This nonsense that the bear is suffering or that a full investigation needs to be done. Chances are, maybe it is somebody on the investigation team. It could be somebody that has access to the bear. And if it is, so what? It's a Trump 2020 sticker. It's not a sticker that says, if you see this bear, kill it, shoot it. No. He is simply a MAGA bear 
that is spreading the, the election gospel to reelect President Donald J. Trump. And I see absolutely nothing wrong with it. And I'll tell you something else I don't see wrong with. A wonderful cigar from Gurkha, the Gurkha Nicaraguan series. It's the first Nicaraguan puro that ever came from Gurkha, that has ever been launched from Gurkha. Launched about a year ago, medium to full-bodied cigar, Nicaraguan cigar tobaccos top to bottom. Corojo 99 wrapper, dual Corojo 99 binders, Corojo 99, Criollo 98 fillers. What does that mean? You get peppery notes. You get a spicy finish. It's medium, medium, full-bodied. It's got a lot of character. It's a great cigar that would go with a nice espresso, a a nice bold cab. If you like a single malt whiskey on the peaty side, it would be fantastic. It's a great cigar. Can't go wrong. Four different sizes, a Bellicoso, a Magnum 6x60, 6 inches in length with a 60 ring gauge, a Robusto, a Toro, the Gurkha Nicaraguan series. Baron, come back over here. Come back over here. I want you to see the Gurkha Nicaraguan that I have in my hand because even... Pendragon's Royal Baron loves cigars. Baron, come. Come here, Baron. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Good boy. Here you go. Take a look at the cigar. That a boy. All right. He's sniffing the Gurkha Nicaragua series that I have in my hand, and he's even giving me the nod of approval. So the Gurkha Nicaraguan series, check it out, GurkhaCigars.com. Now, I am outdoors. You can hear the birds chirping. You heard Baron barking in the background. You can probably hear some cars. I'm surrounded by flora and fauna, by, by trees, by grass, by all sorts of uh, foliage, flowers. Being outdoors in nature is a normal part of being a human. Going outside, breathing the fresh air, taking a walk, swimming in a lake. It's good for you. Being outside with the fresh air, exposed to the sun, getting vitamin D, is good. Well, not so fast, my friends. It seems that a study published in the journal People and Nature by the British Ecological Society has discovered that being outdoors for some youngsters is triggering feelings of anxiety and despair due to fears over climate change. Now, how many youngsters, how many little kids do you think come out of their mother's womb when they are born and start crying, saying, climate change, I'm afraid, I'm triggered? None. This is a load of poppycock, a total load of absolute steaming horseshit. The first, this is a first-of-its-kind study to focus on children and teenagers connecting with nature. Why do we even need a study to even look at that, to even examine kids and teenagers connecting with nature. Kids like to go outside. They like to ride their bike. They like to, well, in the old days they used to. Now they like to sit inside and uh, play video games nonstop. But ride your bike, go swimming, throw the ball around, uh, throw the Frisbee, play football, whatever the case may be. Go out, play golf, whatever. Be outside. But children and teenagers, according to this study, were triggered by the natural world and their inability to control what was happening to the unraveling biosphere. Huh? What's unraveling about it? I'm sitting outside right now. Sun is shining. Blue skies. A few wispy white uh, cumulus clouds. Beautiful trees that are probably 40, 50 years old. The smell of being outside is fantastic. But now... 
there's an unraveling biosphere. Again, this is nothing more than scientific nonsense. This is nothing more than those that believe in wealth transfer, which is all climate change is about, wealth transfer, taking it from one group to the other, all under the guise of climate change. And remember what I said about Josef Goebbels, who is the Nazi minister of propaganda and enlightenment. If you tell a lie often enough, people eventually believe it to be the truth. So what are the lies we've been hearing? Climate change, climate change. First it was global warming. Well, that didn't work because we had a number of years where it was actually cold on the planet. So climate change, climate change. Now we hear voter suppression, voter suppression, voter suppression, because you have to show an idea. There's no voter suppression. Now systemic racism, systemic racism, systemic racism. If they tell it often enough, people believe the bullshit, the bullshit lies. And that's exactly what's happening. And so now what these researchers and these climate change kooks are trying to do is, is to portray kids as being afraid of being outside because they can't stand outside amongst the trees and nature without thinking of the, the climate change and the destruction of the planet. Nonsense. Baron, get back here. Come here, Baron. Baron, come. Good boy. This is all nonsense. They said that within the past generation, children's lives have largely moved indoors with the loss of free-ranging exploration of the natural world. The review found that connecting with nature has many positive benefits. No kidding. Really. How shocking. However, they say that connecting with nature was a complex experience for many teenagers because many children know they're inheriting a changing world that's likely to get worse, and this leads them to feelings of anxiety and despair. Oh, please. Let me get out the... Let me, let me start shedding some crocodile tears. I assure you, no kid starts thinking, oh, I've got anxiety and despair because climate change. Only Greta Thunberg... How dare you? How dare you all ruin the climate, the planet? I'm Greta Thunberg. Another nutcase. Notice we haven't heard from her since the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus pandemic has hit the world. That's the only benefit of the uh, Wuhan virus. Nothing else. That's the only thing. We don't have to listen to that brainwashed nutcase kid. It says there is strong evidence that children are happier, healthier, function better, know more about the environment, and are more likely to take action to protect the natural world when they spend time in nature. Well, sure, I can believe that. If you like to fish, if you like to hunt, if you like to be outside, of course, you don't want, you don't want bad air, you don't want dirty water. This, this fabricated nonsense that conservatives or a certain segment of the American population wants to breathe dirty air, drink dirty water is nonsense. Nobody believes that. Everybody wants outdoor and nature to be healthy and to be clean. Everybody wants that. It says the findings support strategies and policies that ensure that young people have access to wild areas, parks, gardens, green neighborhoods, and naturalized grounds at schools. They needed a study to actually come up with that finding? That's the big joke. And it says for those who are triggered when out in nature by the feeling of despair, they can't fix climate change, well, that despair reduces the chance they'll take any action. Oh, please. Please. And it also uh, discovered in the review that young people are more likely to believe a better world is possible when friends, family, and teachers listen sympathetically to their fears and give them a safe space to share their emotions. I almost want to break out in, in Morris Albert's feelings right now. Absolute nonsense. Here's the only thing you need to know. 
Get children outside. Let them enjoy the being at a park, by a lake, by a river. Let them go fishing. Let them let them play ball. Let them ride their bikes. Let them get some vitamin D. But don't worry, there'll be people saying, oh, these kids are being exposed to 15 minutes of sunshine every day. That could kill them. You can't do anything these days without somebody jumping up and down and getting in the way. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's not going to get in the way of my cigar pleasure, being a cigar connoisseur as Alpha Dave and also Cigar Dave. And let me also remind you that if you are a cigar connoisseur, you've discovered Bold Alpha, you are a cigar connoisseur, maybe you'd like to be a cigar connoisseur, it's part of the Alpha Male lifestyle, then make sure you listen to our brother podcast, Cigar Dave, the Cigar Dave Show. Just do a search in your favorite podcast app or aggregator for Cigar Dave, subscribe, And we talk all about the cigar lifestyle. We talk about cigars. We talk about the cigar lifestyle. We pair them up with great spirits, as we do on Bold Alpha as well. And I'll remind you as well, make sure that you subscribe to Bold Alpha. If you've just discovered us, hit the subscribe button. Tell three people about Bold Alpha or Cigar Dave. We would greatly appreciate it. Now, a cigar that I absolutely love that I can tell you right now is it's new. Just came out, just hit retailer shelves this week. But I can tell you one thing. Smoking the cigar out in nature, outdoors, is perfect. It is the Camacho Nicaragua. And let's face it, where are all cigar tobaccos grown? Outside. Not in a Petri dish, in a lab. The Camacho Nicaragua, brand new, forged in fire. They say that uh, the the, the term that, that Camacho uses, it has full frontal flavors. Sweet, spicy oaky flavors that are forged in volcanic soil in Nicaragua. It is a magnificent looking cigar. Comes in three different sizes. An Ecuadorian wrapper, Honduran binder, and a three country filler blend. Nicaragua, Honduras, and the Dominican Republic. It is a medium medium full cigar. On a scale of one to ten, I would say it's about a six and a half to seven. Very, very pleasant. It's a very earthy, spicy, Nice subtle notes of pepper and a little subtle sweetness. Nice, well-balanced cigar just came out on the market. It is the Camacho Nicaragua. You want a cigar that's got some sweet, spicy, oaky flavors that's, uh, that's rooted in Nicaragua. The new Camacho Nicaragua. Live loud, live bold with CamachoDavidoffGeneva.com. Well, I like to live bold, and the way I live bold is enjoying Great delicacies, in addition to great cigars and great spirits. And that includes wonderful dead animal products, including meat, chicken, veal. Can't go wrong. Well, there has been a concerted effort by the enemies of meat, by the vegans, to take away our rights to enjoy fine meat products. They don't want us to enjoy a nice bone-in tomahawk ribeye chop. They don't want us to eat a New York strip. They don't want us to have a Delmonico. They don't want us to have a filet mignon. They don't want us to have pork ribs or beef ribs. They all want us to become vegans. And the latest excuse they're using is beef is bad for the environment. It increases climate change. It contributes to global warming and climate change. All total fabricated nonsense. But again, what do I tell you? What have I been telling you on Bold Alpha since day one? And even on my Cigar Dave show the last 25 years. When these liberal nutcase groups 
when they spew a lie often enough, it's a strategy. It is part of a complex strategy because they know that many Americans are dumb lemmings, not the people that listen to Cigar Dave or Bold Alpha. Why? Because we're alpha males. And we have many women that listen, but they're also smart. They're intelligent. They can think for themselves. But you have many wussified betas. You have many lemmings in this country that believe what they're told. I always say, if you put on a steaming pile of dog shit on a plate, and you tell all those people around the table often enough that it is a special cut of filet mignon, and you tell it to them thousands of times and keep serving it to them, sooner or later they'll eat it and say, my, this is delicious. This is fantastic. I love this filet mignon. When you know it's dog shit. That's fact. That's 100% truth. Tell a lie often enough. So what's the lie they're telling? We have to stop meat production. It's terrible for the environment. It increases CO2 emissions. It contributes to climate change. They really want us to become vegans. It's all about the fact that they don't want us to enjoy a product that we enjoy. If you don't want to eat meat, don't. Eat your damn tofu. Eat your soy meal. That's fine. I don't tell you what to eat. Don't tell me what to eat. So I see this big article in Bloomberg. The world is finally losing its taste for meat. Production is projected to dip for the second year in a row, and there's reason to believe we're already falling out of love with beef. They are going to start spewing this nonsensical lie over and over for the next umpteen years because they want it to be true. It's not true. When you look at meat production... And the way that they calculate this, the Food and Agricultural Organization of the UN estimates meat production, which is a decent proxy for consumption, dropped in 2019, forecasts a decline again this year. Now, the only reason I believe there would be a decline in 2020 is because during the pandemic, prices of meat went up. And for a while, there was a slight shortage, only for a few-week period. Now there's plenty of meat, no problem. They say that 2019 was only the second time since 1961 where production of meat fell. And they say two consecutive years of decline is unprecedented. Unprecedented could be the start of something durable. Please. And they say we're at peak pasture as far as demand is concerned. Well, in 1961, the consumption of meat meat in terms of tons per year was about 80 million tons in the world. In 1985, it was about 125 million tons. In 2010, it was about 290 million tons. 2015, it was about 330 million tons. So now we're down to approximately, in 2019, like 310 million tons. And they say that pork wallets remain steady. Chicken has increased over the last 50 years threefold. That, I believe. More people want to eat poultry. People have discovered buffalo chicken wings. I like chicken. I love putting chicken on the grill. I definitely uh, love to eat chicken. I love eating meat. I love chicken. I'm not a big pork uh, consumer, except for baby back ribs. That's it. But I don't eat pork. Chicken, fish, seafood, beef. But this is nothing more than fantasy. They want, they are hoping. What this article should say is, we are hoping and praying that meat consumption goes down because we as vegans... We don't want you to eat meat. Now, think about this for a second. We as alphas, those of us that consume meat, that are carnivores, we don't go around telling everybody else, you have to be a carnivore. You must eat hamburger. You must eat steak. We just say we enjoy it. Why is it 
that the vegans, the vegetarians, why do they feel compelled to inflict their lifestyle upon us? I'll tell you why. Because most vegans and vegetarians, look at them, they look unhealthy, they're miserable, they're so unhappy that the only way they derive pleasure is from inflicting their misery upon us. We're not going to allow it. Meat is still being consumed in big numbers. Go to a butcher. Go to Costco. Go to a supermarket. People still want meat. No ifs, ands, or buts. And now they're saying, well, there are now uh, healthy alternatives. There are vegan and vegetarian non-meat alternatives. I'm sorry. I don't want to eat a Beyond Meat burger. If you look at Beyond Meat, it's not meat. It's soy it's sodium, it's loaded with chemicals and all sorts of other processed ingredients. Beef, there's no sodium, unless you salt it. If you look at a Beyond Meat burger, one burger is like, I think, 50-60% of the daily recommended allowance of sodium. That's not good for you. But everybody thinks, oh, it's soy, it's vegan, it's good for you. No, it's not. I'll take real meat, a real burger, anytime over a processed synthetic vegan burger or vegan patty. Not interested. Now, Burger King says that they are using a lemongrass-infused diet for cows to cut emissions during the uh, by a third during the last three to four months of a cow's life. Okay, great. Burger King wants to do that. Have at it. It's probably uh, not going to change the taste. Now, if it changes the taste of the burger, which probably it won't, you know, I'm not sure I would want it. If it changes the burger dramatically, I'm not sure I'd want that. But if it doesn't, okay, great. That's up to them. But they're not inflicting. They're not forcing that upon me. But the enemies of meat, they are now pumping the meat alternative proteins. And if you look at Beyond Meat and all these other competitors to Beyond Meat, the market share is growing. They're in, certainly increasing. But I remember they had a sample at one of the supermarkets in Tampa not that long ago. And I said, okay, I'll try it. Now, did it taste bad? It didn't taste bad. It didn't taste like meat. But I could tell you it had loads of chemicals. I could taste the sodium. I could taste all the other nonsense they put in there. And when I read the ingredients, I looked at the guy and said, basically, I said, this is soy with all sorts of chemicals and salt. No thanks. I'll stick with my meat. And he looked at me and he said, I'm with you. I'm just paid to give out the samples. So the bottom line, enjoy your meat. America runs on meat. We love our grilling, we love our barbecue, and now we're at peak grilling season. So continue to enjoy your meat. And enjoy the alpha male lifestyle, and I will continue to espouse the alpha male lifestyle and unabashed alpha male commentary here on Bold Alpha. Bold Alpha, Alpha Dave the General, your alpha male in chief, front and center. Remember, do not be afraid. Do not apologize for living the bold alpha lifestyle. <laughs> 